got a very good friend and a fellow work colleague on with us today and it's Chris Tarrant. Hello Chris. Hi Tom, good afternoon. How are we doing today? Very well, thank you. Thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure. Um, so before we get started, I do this. Um, I did this with my last call uh, with Alex, a little icebreaker. Now last time um, we played a little game called Send or Delete, and the basis was Eve. He had to scroll through his contacts. I told him to stop, and then he had to decide whether to delete that contact or send him a text I had pre-written. <laughs> However, we're going to change it up slightly this week, and the icebreaker is going to be. If you could pick any superpower, what would it be and why? Oh, wow. That's uh, that's an interesting one, mainly because I've just recently binge-watched the full Marvel um, episodes, uh, films, all the way through from beginning to end. And I actually had this conversation uh, with my wife just the other day. I think that I would like um, the power... I'd like the powers of... Doctor Strange, I think he's uh, he's got all of the power to be able to make it happen, and you can literally rewind, fast forward time, move people through things. Um, so I think I do him. He can fly. He's got the full shebang, really. But yes, yeah, so I'll go. I'll go Captain Strange on that one. Ah, that's very that's very unique. That's one I've not heard before. So that's very good. Uh, how are you finding the Marvels? Have you watched them all from start to finish? So start from the beginning to the end, they're absolutely brilliant. It's really good to watch them back to back if you have the time, which we all do at the moment, because actually it puts it into context uh, a little bit more. You start noticing more of the nods to the other films. And and when you go, uh, you've obviously got the origin stories and you've got the main Avenger ones as well. And, and it, it's good to see how they all interlace and tie together. So we, we had a great, I felt probably about a week, two weeks, just uh, doing one every other day or something like that, getting through every film. It was great fun. Amazing. Now I have to ask, because I, I cried on the end game. Did you shed a tear? <laughs> Every time I watch it. <laughs> Every time. I can't even now I can't still watch that end game without actually getting all emotional inside. <laughs> Brilliant. So um we've got you on the call today. Um this episode's um sort of mental health and all things entertainment. So I was on your um show on sunday um talk about my experience in entertainment and how i got into it um so i thought we'd start off by asking how you first got into entertainment how long have you been in entertainment and what's been your favorites throughout the years Okay, yeah, no worries. Well, I, I sort of fell into entertainment. I absolutely, it's something I, I definitely wanted to do. I knew that. I just never knew what route I was going to take to get into it and, and how it would progress. Uh, I started off working in um, in Butlins in Bognor Regis in 2004 on the crew doing the uh, technical stuff. So moving all the props and scenery and everything like that. And uh, then I auditioned to be a red coat in 2005 and uh, got the gig. Uh, got the gig as Red Coat, but up in Skegness. So I moved up to Skegness, Butlins in uh, 2005, and I was there for the subsequent five years. Uh, across the time I was there, I did everything from Damien Panto to presenting game shows to thousands. I also did all the X Factor uh, people who came off. We used to interview those and on the stage and that type of thing, and anything and everything, and also team leading and uh, uh, supporting the Red Coat stuff with PR, all sorts of stuff like that. So that was me until about 2010 then i went for a brief stint just the one stint on a cruise ship just uh, with pno for one contract thought it was an, a route i wanted to take and i wanted to see you know, obviously i had friends and uh, that who went and done it themselves so i thought i'd give that a try i enjoyed it for one contract but it wasn't 
wasn't where my heart lied. My heart lied in Bournemouth. That's when I came back and I was managed to get a position as entertainment manager uh, over at Haven in 2011. And that was when uh, a time of change for Haven and uh, evolvement. And uh, yes, yeah, so I came on board then. And and uh, from there, I did a year's ends managing up to when I became a senior support partner and now i well i between the dabbling of going back to butlins did that for two years in 2016 managing all the red coats and looking after all the accent artists and then that progressed on to uh where i am now where i'm an seven support partner for the central support team for haven uh creating putting together helping drive forward all of our entertainment and looking after you lovely lot so there you go in a nutshell that's what i've been up to <laughs> amazing so you've been across you started at butlins moved over to haven did a short stint on uh, the cruise ship so big question over the years you've worked in entertainment what would you say your favorite season is Ah, oh, well, you know what? I say to everybody the same thing all the time. You, your favourite season is probably the first one, the one where it's all new to you when you're when you're blinkered in the headlights and you don't really know what's going on, but you're rolling with it. Some of my best friends came from my first year as being a red coat, and some of my best experiences came first year managing uh, with Haven. So, you know, when a new experience comes along, it's all normally the first year of that when it's all exciting and new and you don't really know what's in store, uh, uh, that type of thing. So, yeah, yeah that's, that's why I'd say that one for your first season i think for me it'd be my first season because like you said it's all that it's new it's exciting not that every year is not exciting but it's that first year of sort of a new job away from home and sort of just enthralling sort of the entertainment world and adult life absolutely cool so um how have you been getting on during the whole lockdown period how have you been finding it have you been getting up to anything other than obviously watching the marvel um films back to back of you been keeping yourself busy what's your sort of daily routine absolutely it's been a day it's taking a day by day i think for everybody isn't it obviously i've been uh, doing i've been working out with uh, joe wicks rio ferdinand all sorts of people on the internet and uh, we've uh, me and my wife and we do daily walks and stuff take the dog out and uh, yeah there's not a lot going on to be perfectly honest with you we seem to be binge watching things we've been what binge watched before and and new stuff that we wanted to watch so you know there, there's a lot of uh, perks with uh, with this situation with regards to reconnecting with people um, but then on the same breath, you're reconnecting with people through the medium of the internet. So, you know, it's it's impersonal, but it, at least it's at least it's a connection, you know. So I've been obviously having random uh, quizzes and catch-ups with teams from across the years. My Craig Tara team for 2014 and 2015 have both got their own little group chats going on. I've been having a chat with them, catching up with them, and we're making plans to to meet up and that. And uh, and yeah, I think it is that time where you think, you know, that whenever you when you're busy through the rigmarole of life, and you're like, I must get in touch with that person. And this is the time when you can do it. And I think it's, uh, that, you know, if you're going to take any silver lining from all of this stuff going on right now, I think that's the people side of things is one of them that you need to take some solace in. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I've seen a lot of, certainly in the last sort of three, four weeks, the entertainment industry itself is, has had to adapt and change dramatically. I mean, if you look on TV, this TV show has been recorded at home for a laptop with a microphone. There's, um, entertainers going online doing their live shows like singing in the bathrooms or the bedrooms or in, out in the garden when it's a nice day um, yeah. i've seen a lot of quizzes online obviously um you've got your um eos page esos page um, where we do entertainment and as well shop you wonder what that meant didn't you <laughs> yeah I did. 
it yeah. took me ages to try and work it out and in the end i just had to ask you i was like what does this mean um but it's, it's great yeah, it's a platform for us to do what to us to do to entertain people but not directly through me because a i wouldn't want to take credit for stuff and and b it's about it's it's a, it's a generic platform where people won't be able to get on my personal um facebook and stuff like that but that's where i've been advertising friends and and families bits and pieces we've got uh friends of mine uh, natalie who's been doing yoga classes and uh, a few of the other uh the club of size with olivia and things like that so i just wanted to do my bit and sort of just plug those a little bit as well and that was uh, at the beginning of their journey now they've got a solid following and that i've let them carry and crack on and do what they're doing with that and uh same with me and neil dixon neil's doing a fantastic quiz at the moment that's really gaining some traction and uh so we started off doing these lockdown live nights which was a whole night of entertainment <laughs> trying to make it similar to what we would be doing on the parks <laughs> but through the through the internet but uh we found as uh we were one of the first people to start it out and as we evolved through it through the weeks everyone started doing it so everyone's got their niche they've got their friends or family but they want to support them by viewing what they're doing so and like you say everybody's been in the in the shower for the best acoustic singing in their songs putting their tempe in and, and showing what their talent lies in so we decided to strip it back a little bit and now i do my dj stuff neil does his quiz stuff and uh, i do a little nod to a few other bits your tom talks as one of those i've been uh, um, advertising as well um and I've been doing my conversation shows, just like you say, mainly for the reason to, to ease the boredom, but to to have a, a conversation with people, maybe in more depth than I have done in the past, get them a bit better and see what they've done. I think it's very similar uh, reasons to why you're you're doing what you're doing with this one. So it's uh, it's it's all stuff I've wanted to do in the past, but never really had the time. So this is a great opportunity to be able to dabble in it and have a look at it. And I think as well, with, with all the technology, the way it is right now, it, it's great to really see how far you can push it from the confines of your own home uh, with regards to technology and stuff. I never realised that some of the stuff that I already had was so capable of delivering things like this. So it's really, really cool. So yeah, that's what I'm doing. Chris Terry and Kiss, DJ sets, Wednesdays, Fridays, uh, Curiosity Conversations on a Sunday, just to tick me over and keep me going. And hopefully people can listen in watching and uh, they get a little bit of benefit from that as well. Yeah, I think it it's amazing because obviously you and like Neil started off his quiz. So literally, we just sort of started with the Haven Entertainment guys, um, managers and teams getting involved. And then you started doing your DJ sets, which sort of filled the night out a bit more because you had the quiz that was like 20 minutes long. You went into the evening with your DJ sets. And it's kind of, I think, inspired people that have been listening and taking part to reach out and do it with that, sort of their own friends, their own families, their own teams. Absolutely. Um, Neil was saying yeah. the other day, Sorry, exactly what it is. We've got who's done his Freddie Mercury tribute, and we've got um, uh, we had Joel Coombs doing his Elton John tribute. Martha came and sang us some songs for our sing along karaoke live, and uh, from there, Martha's got a whole uh, YouTube channel now where she's doing lots of crazy fun videos throughout the day for days and weeks as well. So, everybody is like you say, jumping on the on it and, and doing their bit as well. Now they know they can, and, and I think it's great. So, it's all, it's all in good nature, it's all in good. Uh, spirits and I think everyone's doing it for the right reasons just to uh, I, I think I don't think there's any self-promotion or anything like that I think it's just all about making people happy during the lockdown and giving them options to try things out you know yeah absolutely I think especially in this time obviously um, touching on the mental health side I've been doing a bit of research on it and obviously 
mental health over the years has been quite a taboo subject. People don't talk about it. It's where in the last couple of years, it's really sort of come forward. There's lots of charities out there and people are starting to talk more. Um, And I think in this sort of time where we're all sort of isolated and locked in our own homes, um, it was quite an interesting fact, actually, that it's 16% more likely for somebody in the entertainment industry to have severe mental health with whether that's depression or anxiety, um, which is doubled over this lockdown period for the fact a lot of entertainers are self-employed, um, losing contracts um, and obviously being self-employed, they've got no money coming in. So it's the mental health charities have seen an increase in people ringing up. Um, that work in the entertainment industry um what's your sort of takes on the mental health have you ever worked with people that have it um have you got any advice for anybody like i think i think it's a very it's great that it's talked about more than ever i think it's great that big businesses big companies just like born leisure offer amazing support with everything like that uh for anything like that and i think you know we could stem it i could stem it right back from when i was 18 working in the cinema and butlins in in bogner before i even started entertainment the environment the people you're around and everything like that you, you you really um it just wasn't talked about as much before. It existed, but I don't think it was uh, something that was spoken about or something that was identified as a mental health challenge. And I think now that we do talk about it more, people can identify with it and say, yeah, absolutely, I think I'm going through a little bit of something right now. And um, and they put, there's less, it's less taboo subjects. There's much, there's much more support and much less pressure to not do anything about it. And I think it's, uh, I think that's a great thing. I do think, this has obviously spurred up a lot of anxiety for the self-employed performance uh, people and and, and uh, entertainers out there. I think the it, 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 it unknown is the reason for that. I think it's purely and simply we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know how long this is going to last, and nobody expected it. And I, and I, and like people have been saying in the news and the media, this is something that hasn't happened for over a hundred years and wasn't expected to. Uh, evolve in this way. I mean, I can remember us rehearsing, ready for delivering a fantastic season up in North Wales in January, February, and this was on the on the conversational side of things. It was, oh, have you heard about this uh, coronavirus uh, over in China? You know, now it's hitting us directly on our doorstep, and drastic measures have been taken quite swiftly. I don't think we're out of the woods for a long while yet, and I think when it comes to to mental health and stuff, I think. In the nature of what we do as entertainer people, whether you're a presenter, singer, DJ, uh, just general all-round entertainer, you are... uh you are hired for your skill and your talent, but your personality plays a massive part in that. And and I think naturally people who are more outgoing, looking for that, I don't know, approval on stage maybe or something like that, there's sort of a hunger for stuff like that. And I think that that all ties in with, with this because when it all just stops, you just have, I know for me personally, I, I you just stop and think and you can overthink and your brain can go straight the other way. So it's, it's, it is tough, but it is out there. But I, do think it's acknowledged i do think it's supported um from a from a business level but i just think with this unprecedented time at the moment there's not a lot we 
at the moment that people can do apart from talk about it and communicate like i said before and it all ties back into re-communicating again with uh friends and family and keeping those keeping the you know, video calls strong plan to do stuff don't just fall into that rut of i'm just going to watch telly and eat and that's going to be me for the next few months because it will soon catch up on you <laughs> yeah, yeah it does indeed i think i found um even just getting out for sort of like a 20 minute walk just sort of around where my mum lives at the moment it just get that fresh air in and just kind of keep myself busy i think this is probably the quietest i've been in a long time where i've got like so much time to myself because normally i'm always on the go i'm always finding new stuff to do at work i'm always kind of keeping myself creative and getting busy and then it's kind of like we've gone on that stop everything shut down we've been like putting out uh, lockdown and it's just finding that time where you you've got more time on your hands and it's like what do i do and i've i found it quite easy where i'll structure on my phone in my reminders like i'll set my alarm every morning um for like nine o'clock so i'll get up at nine o'clock every morning i won't touch my phone for an hour um i'll get up i'll have a shower have some breakfast have a cup of tea and then like i'll set reminders during the day saying right at this time i'm going to go out for a walk or this time i'm going to go to tesco and grab some food and then i'll look online at recipes to cook so i like to challenge myself since going into lockdown um finding myself more time to cook stuff so last week i made um tgi friday sesame seeded chicken uh, I think that's social media look good <laughs> yeah, with, with the sauce as well which the sauce took the longest time to make um but it was incredible. So that's what I'm doing at the moment. I'm kind of looking at different contexts. I mean, how, how, when do you normally have enough time to be able to do that? Because if, if if my experience of anything to go by, when I was entertainment manager, I, I was rotating takeaways quite often. I never had time. <laughs> To really actually you know cook properly uh, and i don't even want to i think that's the nature of the beast and i think i think you can really relate to what's going on right now it's a little bit like when you work at somewhere like haven or a seasonal business when you're in the winter stages and you're at the end of the winter stages and you're just waiting to get going again it's like we've 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 revved the engine and then we've turned the, the key off again and it's about getting back into that and you we've had a lovely winter and, and well needed rest over winter but then everyone's raring to go again and um we can't and i think that's where that's that's the where the challenge lies because it's okay to do it over the winter for a month or two when you know you're going to go back into a job it's going to be fresh you're going to start again the energy is going to come back but actually uh this has obviously gone on now for what a month six weeks something like that and we're, we're nowhere near the end of it yet we're really not as much as speculation starts my opinion is that we're going to be uh, you know, hopefully start, the, the engines will start firing again June time, I'm hoping, but who knows, you know, it's the goalposts are changing all the time. And I think, if, you know, everybody just needs to be prepared for that and just just, just not overthink, take it a day at a time and just prepare for every eventuality, you know? I think that's, yeah, that's that's the main thing. Like I look at it, it's every, every day is a step closer to sort of getting back to some sort of normality. I mean, it was only the other day uh, Boris Johnson extended the lockdown by a further three weeks um, up until sort of the 31st of May. But then, like you say, every, it's evolving and it's changing every single day. There's always like news updates on the media. Um, so I always look at it as they right go to bed tonight, I wake up tomorrow and it's one step closer to being able to get back to normality and sort of get back to that work style. Cause I don't, I don't do very well not working. I'm very much a workaholic, uh, workaholic. So having all this downtime, it is driving me insane a little bit. There's only so much computer games I can play. 
<laughs> Absolutely, I've been on the Xbox nonstop. I think uh, I think you're right, and I think it's um, it's one of those things where you just got to keep your brain engaged, you know. And and you can do physical stuff, and you you can make everything a bit like Groundhog Day if you choose to. But it's keeping your brain engaged, doing new things, making sure you're checking in with people, and 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 just again taking it a day at a time. That's all we that's all we can all do. Like I've 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 actually been surprised. I have a shopping day every Friday, and I'm surprised how quickly that comes around. Now. Now, that's how much of a routine I feel like I'm in right now. Like, yeah, I never normally do a weekly shop. It's unheard of. But uh, we've been doing that. And actually, we're like, oh, God, it's time to go to the shop again. You know, it's, it's like, so as much as in some respects, this whole situation is going really, really quick, uh, really, really slow. In other respects, it's actually going quite quickly. And, I, and all I keep saying to myself as well is just enjoy it. Because actually, in a couple of months' time, or hopefully in a month's time, or whenever it will be, you're going to be back in work. You're going to be working your butt off and you're going to be thinking, oh, I remember when I could just sit back and relax and play GTA. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's good. I think it's going to get to that point where when we get back to work, we're going to be that full on and that raring to go that it's just going to, you're going to start being like, oh, remember when we had like a month off work and we were all chilling out and now we're back to being busy again. Like, I think it'll be quite interesting to see how quick it becomes, not a distant memory, but sort of like we look back on it and be like, oh, I remember that time when, we were all off work and we we had so much time on our hands and now look at us we're back into the business like and i i personally think the uk holiday sector will boom um purely for the fact people won't be able to afford to go abroad as early because obviously getting the refunds back from the um airlines and the hotels and stuff like that so i think they'll be more looking at staying in the uk and having a small family holiday this year and maybe into next year before they start to say do you know what let's go abroad this year i just think there'll be apprehension i think that that you know hopefully you know 100 i agree with you i really hope that we do get a lot of guests come and join us um once we reopen and we're eagerly going for it again um and, and i just i just think there'll be apprehension firstly to go anywhere but that should die off in the uk pretty swiftly but i think apprehension to go abroad because everybody was on a different journey with this everyone's on a different path going through covid and i think you 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 just need you know the, the i think as an example my friend's got a trip to ibiza planned he's not going to be able to go he doesn't think but he's got his fingers crossed but and he hears stuff that okay they're relaxing the rules on the beaches in spain so you know i think it's down to each government each country depends where you want to go but i think generally you're right people will want to stay in the uk and and you know, I've had the first few days of bad weather today, and it just makes this whole lockdown thing 10 times worse over the last few days. But before that, I could have been on holiday. It was that beautiful. I live by the beach anyway, so I'm always going for my daily walk along the seafront. And it's uh, and, and you could you do feel a bit guilty because actually, you know, you're getting to do your daily walk on where people come on holiday. And actually, it, it's, it's a beautiful sunny day and you're walking along there. Yeah, you're keeping your distance from people, but... Uh, at the same breath, you're like, oh, this is, I feel really bad for this because it's, it's a really idyllic situation. And if the weather improves over the summer and we, we get to reopen and do whatever, I think we'll have loads of people coming to our parks. I really hope so. Really hope so. Absolutely. Especially because we've got so many beautiful locations. Like you say, you live down in Bognor by, by the beach and stuff like that, which is a massive holiday tourist destination. Um, are you finding it busy there or is it like like a ghost town now? Are there still people sort of out and about walking? Do you see people, other people exercising or is it literally like a ghost town? Um, 
it's a ghost it's a ghost town to holidaymakers. There are obviously no one around, but uh, I feel like what's counterbalance that is exactly the fact that everybody's on lockdown. They're only allowed one walk a day, and of course they're going to do it along the seafront. So depending what the weather's like and what time of day you go in, there has been um, a, a few people around. It has been a little bit like dodged a person. But um, that being said, we, there's a lot of respect out there. I feel like people are keeping their distance. I find the only time I've actually found it frustrating socially distancing is when I go into a large supermarket and people just think, oh, this is my personal opinion, is that you queue up in that queue for a you're two metre distance away and you do that for a good 20 minutes, half an hour, depending how long or what time you've gone. And then all of a sudden, some people think once you're in, it's a free pass to start hugging and, and they're, just, they're, doing, they're in the way and they're just cutting you up and going in front of you and they're not, it's like they've gone, oh, I've done my social distancing bit, now I'm in the shop, I can just run around how I like. And actually, that that's the most frustrating part for me. That's why we've uh, we've, uh, competently chosen to go to smaller supermarkets a little bit further away from the big ones near us because we don't want that rigmarole and that that um, chaos that can ensue, especially if you pick and go at the wrong time of the day. Yeah, I think I found that like you'll queue out. I, like I've, I think I've queued outside Tesco and ASDA for at least a good half an hour to get into the actual supermarket. Um, and no matter how precautious the supermarkets are being by helping to prevent the social distancing and stuff. The people are just walking around with a trolley. He's not caring the world. Um, I was in with my mum the other day in Asda, and there were just people cutting us up and just sort of walking in front of us or stopping having a chat with people. And it's just like, some, from my opinion, some people aren't really taking it as serious as they should be. And you've got some that will walk around full masks on, hats on, gloves on, um walking around and it, it's quite interesting to see like the different aspects of it and how some people are taking it seriously some people aren't taking it seriously but i think it does annoy me when i walk into a supermarket and they're all just sort of it's like literally like a free-for-all they're all just sort of roaming around they're not following the, the paths that they've set out for you they're not they're not taking into account the two meter distance in even picking up fruit and veg they're just there with the bare hands into bags and stuff picking fruit up and feeling it then putting it back and i just think well i do i do think there's some i don't think everybody does it on purpose i just think people get wrapped up in themselves and wrapped up in what they're there to do yeah probably all the right and nine times out of ten it is all with the right intent but I, for themselves but they don't think about the bigger picture bigger people and everything like that like and yeah so i think i think i think it'll get better but i do also think that there's a situation that we'll have in the next few weeks where people will start hitting a bit of a point you know everyone's took this on the chin so far and and you know i just don't want it to i want people to to take it seriously as long as it takes and i think um boris made it very clear didn't he that it's uh it's a this is the long game and we're not going to have a second peak so we've just all got to continue to do this and unless we we don't then we know remember spain they did lockdown on the beaches they did full lockdown i feel like our lock our version of lockdown is actually quite relaxed in comparison to some other countries and i think that means that the boris still has a card to play if he wanted to to really hammer this home and and we might even have a day of exercise taken away from us if we don't you know we don't take care of it and don't don't do what we are being asked to do and and i'd hate that if i couldn't get out of the house to go down the seafront because we weren't allowed or whatever you know 
Yeah, absolutely. I think I think we've been very lucky in, in a country where our lockdown has been sort of very relaxed in the sense of we can still go out and we can exercise and do our essential food shop as well. If you look at like France and Italy and even Spain, like when they went into total lockdown, it was completely shut down. Um, police were patrolling the streets and there were social media videos of the Italian or the French police going out and playing music in the streets while people were stuck inside their flats and their apartments and stuff just to try and boost their morale because they were in complete lockdown. So I do think we've been a lot, we've been very lucky um, in the sense of our lockdown and hopefully um, in the start of the next few weeks, it gets a little bit better and things start getting relaxed more and it's a sort of a progress towards sort of getting back to normality again. Absolutely. I really hope so. And, and yeah, we'll keep doing our thing. We'll keep doing our entertainment through the medium of the internet. And, and I could keep saying, uh, thank God for the internet, because this would be a, a million times different experience if we didn't have it. I know you didn't yesterday. <laughs> but, uh... uh, I, was, I was I couldn't do my podcast yesterday. I couldn't go on the Xbox yesterday. I couldn't even, I, I was limited to what Sky channels I could watch yesterday. It was a nightmare. Absolute nightmare. <laughs> Well, I, I'm quite lucky we've got good internet around here. So it's uh, it has been a godsend. It has been a lifeline. And I think, you know, we've, we've been doing family video chats that we've never done, we've never even bothered to do in the past, you know, and, and stuff like that. And I do I do worry about, I do think there's going to be a boom when we're at the other end of this. I think there'll be a, a massive boom in all sorts of things from the arts to restaurants, dining out. But I've already said to my wife that we're going to go for a full week of just eating out in different restaurants just to... <laughs> Just to say back and all of our favourites, go for a five guys and then go for a Wildwood and, and then go to Oaxaca the night after. Uh, and uh, I, I think there's also, as an example, we've got, a, we had a refund on a, um, a ticket to see Six the Musical um, from the theatre and they gave us a voucher rather than a refund, which I oh, actually don't wow. mind because I actually think that I want to, I want to support uh, places like all the shows and all the theatre and the arts and I think we all need to get behind them because they're Absolutely. like you said before the the freelance performers that are involved in these productions the technicians the producers all of them like they're they're all waiting you know they 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 work to each paycheck they work to each gig they don't work consistently i know people that have come off cruise ships working for disney etc who are now driving around tesco vans giving out food you know yeah. i think it's and, that, and that's the reality of it and i think it's fantastic and i think it's great that they're doing that but also let's not forget all of the hard work they've had getting to where they are in their profession getting to where they are in their in their career and, and how they need to just i just want all of this when it finishes we, we can just go back to business as usual and i'd yeah. worry that the longer it continues the harder that will be oh, absolutely i mean i'm very jealous that you've uh, had tickets to go and see six because that is the one musical i really want to go and see um uh, my girlfriend got me into it she was playing it on spotify and i absolutely love it i i'm dry, dying to go and see it dying to go and see it i really want to go and see it um, and uh, i think that's the one we will go and see along with only fools and horses i want to see that one in london as well and i'm quite lucky we're jumping the train we're in london in an hour and a half and so we're going to definitely go and support the arts and the theater because especially the smaller theaters the tinier ones like we've got a local one in bognor we go and see one or two things a year just to support it and uh, we've got Ch Ch chichester festival theater which is an amazing theater that has loads of 
uh, great productions that end up in the West End. You know, they use Chichester Festival Theatre as a bit of a testing ground for certain musicals and stuff. And so it, it's really important to to support them. And obviously comedy. Like I, I love going to see live comedy. We've got the Guildhall in Portsmouth. We've got the Mayflower in Southampton. We go down to Brighton sometimes as well. There's loads of theatres and different venues and, and productions that we, we want to support and want to go and see because that's, for us as a couple, that's one of the biggest things that we love to do is just go out and have a night at the theatre or a night out uh, and join ourselves with live performance. I think it's really important. And I think out of everything that's going on, as much as it's entertainment that's actually keeping us together on the television and stuff like that and on the internet, it's also entertainment that will pull us back out of it at the other end. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All about the live entertainment as well. Like like you say, supporting supporting those people that have spent their lives and sort of their careers working hard to get to where they are into like the West End productions and the pantos and stuff like that. I think that's as much as important as it is to sort of support local shops as well. Absolutely. Fingers crossed. Panto land will be. I mean, it could it could be if the timing's right, the best year that Panto will ever have. If it turns out to be just at the time when everybody's booming back outside again, trying new things and getting out there. If they time it right, then Panto could be the best year they've had so far. But let's hope so, because then again, that is always I know lots of friends in Panto as directors, producers uh, and performers. And it's uh, and that's their that's their bread and butter. And I think it, it needs to go well for the winter. And when I alluded to it before about how long this is going to last, I do think that, you know, if it, if it does go into the winter time, heaven forbid, like it, it'd be a real shame to lose out. I mean, just like you have businesses, local businesses, whether it be a baker or news agents, whatever, that, that are going under at the moment because they just can't actually, even with the government support, stay afloat. That's the same thing for productions. It's the same thing for pantomimes and theatres. You know, a lot of these smaller theatres are held up by their pantomime productions. And if they're unable to do them, there will come a breaking point for them, just like Calf Kidston's just gone under and all these other businesses. Entertainment and performance and, and, and the theatre is no different. So watch your space, but let's hope that it doesn't last that long and actually it will give the whole economy of that, that side of things a big boost with a bit of luck. Absolutely. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed indeed. Well, thank you for joining me today. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you as always. No problem. Yeah, I've really enjoyed it. Thank you very much for having me on. It's been a pleasure. Well, that's been Tom Talks, uh, episode two. Make sure you join in next week for episode three. Make sure you give this video a like, a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel as well. For me, Tom, it's a very good bye.